0: Hi everyone and welcome to Behind the Numbers. My name is Dave Bookbinder. I'm a managing director at B. Riley Financial and author of The New ROI, Return on Individuals. Today we're going to be having a really fun conversation about building credibility with your colleagues and your customers. It's all about leadership. And I'm pleased to welcome Ann Baum, who's the president of Lehigh Valley Riley Children's Hospital and author of Small Mistakes, Big Consequences. Ann, welcome to Behind the Numbers.
1: Thank you for having me this morning.
0: Uh, it's our pleasure. Why don't you tell the audience a little bit about who you are?
1: Well, I'm Ann Baum. I'm currently the president of Lehigh Valley Riley Children's Hospital, the third largest children's hospital in the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. I've been in this role all of three weeks, so I'm really excited about this new opportunity and was most recently with Capitol Blue Cross prior to this. I'm really looking forward to our conversation this morning and talking about behavior, leadership, people, and why they matter for business success.
0: Yeah, everyone's eager to hear about it, so I'm not going to waste any more time. So we've got these two books. I've got to ask you first and foremost, what inspired you to write them?
1: As I progressed in my career, I noticed often that there were behavioral aspects of individuals that were really getting in their way of success. And quite frankly, I recognized them in myself as well. And as I became wise, because I'm not going to say I'm older, I thought, I need to share this back with other people so they don't have to learn the hard way and to make it easy for them to understand how these behavioral characteristics that all of us can recognize can really make a difference in how people perceive it so i sat down to write books and i wanted to make them simple easy to use easy to understand and a little bit funny so that people would take the recommendations seriously and use them to be the best version of themselves.
0: Well, I think you hit the bullseye on all the characteristics of the book. I, I would agree, having gone through them. So what, in your opinion, is the most important characteristic of a leader or characteristics, plural?
1: Well, I think at the end of the day, first, let's put integrity on the table as the foundation. If you're not operating with integrity, you won't succeed no matter what you're doing. So let's take that as a given. And then lead into the next most important characteristic, I think, for leaders is to be a sincere listener. paying attention to your team members, to your colleagues, to the customers that you're serving. Instead of trying to come up with the answer or show that you're the best or talk over people, if you pause and pay attention and be present and listen, you will not only learn, but you will be better respected by everyone with whom you, you interact.
0: Good stuff. So, And then taking those characteristics... How do they then translate into leadership styles, and and how will that impact your employees, for instance?
1: Leadership style, it's so important to recognize that your leadership style is your own, and you need to hone it and develop it over time. But if I try and walk into a room with a leadership style that's very dictatorial and pounding the table and angry face. I mean, even as you can see me on the screen, angry face doesn't work with me, and people laugh with that. So you need to own your leadership style and then develop it to make it effective. Everybody has their own style. It's important not to use your style as an excuse to say, well, I'm just that way, so you better deal with it. You need to enhance your leadership style to match up with how other people are receiving and perceiving you be respectful of their leadership style and find that happy medium where they meet and deliver results
0: yeah how's that changed uh, if at all during the whole pandemic where leadership is now oftentimes delivered you know via video
1: the pandemic obviously threw a wrench into everything and this Communication and listening has become one of the most important components of leadership in this new world where you're primarily virtual. Without information and left to their own devices, most people assume the worst. And I don't recommend assuming the worst, but it's human nature. So, as a leader, it's really important that you're regularly reaching out, even more so than maybe you did prior to COVID, touch base with your folks, listen to them, ask your colleagues how they're doing, and sincerely pay attention to what they're saying, and also make sure that you're proactively communicating what's going on within the organization, what your expectations are for the team and really over-communicate so that you build that relationship beyond the assumption that could be out there. You know, one of the things that we lose in video is body language. And body language is one of our first, most natural ways to make assumptions about what somebody means when they say it. So really thinking about how you look on the screen, your voice, how it sounds, making sure you're looking into the camera versus down at the screen so that you sincerely are engaging with the person on the other side of the camera. It's hard, it takes effort, but it makes a huge difference if you go big on communication.
0: Yeah, what you said at the top of that response really resonates. I remember back in the early days of the pandemic when it was just all uncertainty. Um, nobody knew what was going on, and uh, as you said, people would assume the worst. So at that time, it was imperative that leaders actually communicate that, hey, we don't know, but here's what we're going to do, or here's what we're thinking. And saying that you don't know is actually a good answer. So yeah, that that totally resonates. But let's talk about soft skills, Ann. Um, what are they? I mean, nowadays you hear folks saying, they're not really soft skills, they're necessary skills. So I'll let you answer. What are they, and how do leaders need to incorporate them in their tool belt?
1: Well, I love calling soft skills necessary because for so many years, people kind of wrote off, oh, soft skills, they don't matter. Yet, it's everything in how somebody perceives you. And whether we like it or not, perception is reality every single person with whom we interact. And that perception occurs instantaneously, it's subconscious, and it sets the stage for everything that people will assume going forward. So, as we talked about a few minutes ago, people first perceive us by our body language. Second, by our facial expressions and our tone of voice, and only after they've made huge assumptions about who we are, what we know, what our motive is, only then do they listen to what we're actually saying. And ironically, we, when we're thinking of a present, presentation and interaction with somebody, we're so focused on the words that we're going to use or the PowerPoint that we'll display And if you don't add in paying attention to your soft skills, the way you carry yourself, do you carry yourself with confidence? Do you appear to be friendly? Do you smile? Do you make eye contact prior to COVID? Do you shake hands or do you acknowledge now somebody in a meaningful way? All of those things impact perception. And if you ignore those, even though you might have the most perfect speech, for the most perfect financial presentation. If you don't deliver it with excellent soft skills, you could end up losing every time.
0: And for folks watching and listening who wanna connect with you, uh, how can they reach out and how can they get the books?
1: The books are available anywhere books are sold. So Barnes and Noble, Amazon, just search for small mistakes, big consequences. And if anybody would like to contact me, they can contact me via lvhn.org.
0: Great. And we only have about three minutes to go in this segment, but I want to just expound on something you mentioned about courage in, in the last response. Talk about courage and the need to take risks, because risk and reward go hand in hand. Obviously, there's upside, there's downside. What should leaders know about this?
1: First and foremost, as a leader, you have to remember that everyone that's on your team reporting to you is expecting you to help them succeed. And so you have to be brave and have courage and take those risks. This, this role that I'm in right now is a risk, but I look at all that I've accomplished so far in my career, everything that I've learned along the way, And I have to believe that I know enough to lead, and I'm also humble enough to listen to all the experts around me to help them succeed. So as a leader, it's really important not to sit in the corner and wait for somebody to tell you what to do. It's very important to stand up and lead. And if you make a mistake, that's okay. That's how you learn. Own up to the mistake learn from it, move forward. But without risk, there's no reward, and it's really important to be that courageous leader, not only for yourself, because that's rewarding, but also for your team.
0: Yeah, you've gotta be in that kind of environment where taking that risk and making those mistakes are permitted and actually recognized as opportunities to grow and uh, not being chastised for failure. And on that, we're gonna to have to pause here and take a quick commercial break. So don't go anywhere, folks. We'll be right back on Behind the Numbers after this quick break. I feel bad for kicking your seat on purpose. I'm sorry for mansplaining. That's when a man- I know what it is.
1: We should have just told you it's a boy. (coughs) I wish you didn't have to hear all that. Sorry, I called you Karen. That's my name. Sorry, your name is Karen. I promise I will not eat any more of your friends. Really? Okay, it might happen one more time.
0: Hi everyone, my name is Milton Corsi. I'm here with my co-host, Mark Iorio. Welcome to Team Talk team talks all about bringing teams together, bringing organizations together, bringing a diverse group of people together to make the organization a better, more successful organization. Listening to every single voice in the organization to make it better. Yeah, our guests are going to include people from industry, people from sports and other walks of life. They're going to talk to us about their specific journeys to team success. Tune in on Wednesday mornings at 10 a.m. and then again on Thursday evening at 5 p.m. to watch milton and i talk about team talk we're looking forward to having you join us
1: when your family gathers around a shakaroni from papa john's you're sharing more than extra cheese and pepperoni you're sharing scholarships meals and laughter because one dollar from every shakaroni goes to charity that's pizza with a purpose
0: and welcome back to behind the numbers today we're talking about leadership with ann baum who's the author of small mistakes big consequences and Ann, i want to ask you what are some of those big mistakes that the title of the book alludes to
1: well one of my favorite characters that i created for the book is someone called the transmitter and This is a person that is always on transmit. They're constantly talking, they're talking over people, they're interrupting them, and often they're doing this because of a need to show that they're intelligent, to show that they know what's going on. And in many cases, it's a nervous habit. The downside of that is, and we've all met this person, right? when that person is only talking to you and never listening to anything you have to say, you stop listening. And ironically, as much as they're trying to gain respect by talking so much and showing their knowledge, you actually, as the receiver of that, start to lose that respect over time. So again, back to our earlier conversation, being a great listener actually build somebody's confidence in you and helps them see that you're a sincere interested party and they often leave that conversation feeling great about themselves which translates into feeling great about you and ultimately build a solid strong relationship
0: and you've got more characters in the book and folks can certainly learn about them when they grab their copy uh, and I want to ask you about networking. I was uh, part of an organization that was kind of a networking group kind of thing, professional uh, members, and I met so many senior executives who had had frankly told me that they hadn't been out of their office to have a breakfast meeting, for example, in a decade, and really uncomfortable about it. And Unfortunately, a number of them uh, found themselves in transition and were at that point now trying to build a network. Can you talk a little bit about the importance of building and maintaining your network throughout your career?
1: Absolutely, your network is your support system, and every person you meet, no matter what their title, no matter what their current role, that's somebody from which you can learn something. I found that building my network, keeping in touch with people has been incredibly valuable in my career personally. I would not be sitting in this role today had I not just been a good networker. Now, it's not for the purpose of getting something from somebody else. And my friend told me long ago about a favor bank. And the favor bank is something where you always make deposits, but you're never expecting a return. And that's what I think about networking. You meet somebody, you engage with them, you follow up, you keep in touch. And quite frankly, with LinkedIn, email, texting, Zoom, Teams, it is actually easier to keep and build your network than ever. So really think about the value of keeping in touch with others. You never know when they can help you from a business perspective, from a job search perspective, just from a friend perspective, the more people that you know, the better. But more importantly, the more people that know you, the more you will be top of mind when they are in need of some skill set or service that you have to offer.
0: Yeah, well said. For anybody watching or listening, uh, rewind this and listen to that again. That's spot on. Uh, and so you mentioned something about the, the job search. So let's, let's jump into that topic and, and talk about interviewing tips. We're in the middle of what's called the great resignation. Uh, everybody seems to have a hard time finding talent, but apparently there's a lot of folks moving around. So what's some advice you have for folks who are going through interviews now? My first piece of
1: advice is get out there and look. Everybody is looking for people and are desperately in need of great people. So, if there's an organization in which you've had interest, a a career change that you're looking for, give it a shot. Back to our earlier risk conversation. Why not? Take a shot. See what's out there. Once you are out there reaching out, finding job opportunities, when you're approaching the interview, Make sure you are well prepared. Do the research on the company, the people with whom you'll be interviewing, the role itself, and then present your resume, your answers to questions, to match up with what they're looking for. When people are looking for individuals to fill roles in their company, it's not just because they're nice. They need somebody with a certain skill set that can accomplish a necessary role so that they can be successful as a business. So match up your skill with that job description so they're more likely to accept you. If you're doing the interview, and most are, via video conference, practice with the technology. Set up your background. Practice so that you look professional, just as you would prepare for an in-person interview, where you would dress the part, where you would brush your hair, where you would make sure there's not garbage behind you in the background of your screen. It all matters in perception, and doing that upfront preparation work, being really ready for that job interview can make all the difference in your ability to succeed.
0: Yeah. And for the folks who want to get in contact with you or want to perhaps get a copy of your books, what's the best way for them to reach out?
1: I'm available via lvhn.org or you can find the books on amazon.com, barbsandnoble.com, anywhere that book are.
0: Okay. Thank you for that, Anne. So whether you're going on an interview or walking into a meeting or delivering a presentation, You've got to make a great first impression, right? First impressions matter. How do we do that, Ann?
1: Well, first and foremost, you have to believe in yourself. And even though you're nervous, afraid of taking this risk, walking into the room, don't let them see you sweat. Walk into that room as, or Turn on your camera as if you are the exact best person for the job. So whether it's a presentation, whether it's the interview, show them that you're confident. And even though you might have butterflies, you're nervous, don't let it show. That will make a huge difference. That courage, that presentation of yourself as a confident, trustworthy, reliable individual that first impression will set the foundation that gives you every opportunity to say the right words that build upon that first impression.
0: Any suggestions on how folks can build that confidence? I've heard and read ideas about power posing and things like that. But for the folks who um, are not really able to fake it till they make it, what, what's your advice for having them kind of really instill that belief?
1: I think there's a few things that really helped. One thing is too, that I really like is having a great playlist, like Psych Up Songs, that says you can do this. And get that head trash out of your brain that says you can't do it. You're going to fail. Stop letting yourself tell you that you're not capable. Turn it off. Say no to it. Whether that's looking in the mirror, whether that's having a group of friends, that are your support team that are behind you, your psych-up squad, and then constantly do it. Take the risk, go out there on that interview or do that presentation, and learn from it each and every time. If it doesn't work out, don't beat yourself up about it. Learn what you can do better so that next time you're just a little bit better, and the more you do that, the better you will become. I'll tell you, Dave, I used to be terrified of public speaking. I would grip my index cards, I'd be shaking. I was so afraid, but I knew that I had to overcome this fear in order to succeed in my career. So I just kept putting myself in roles where I had to, as part of my job, get up in front of people, and present. And guess what? The more I did it, the better I became. And all that head trash that I had that was making me nervous and afraid, I got to throw it out. Because I learned that with practice, and it was little baby steps each time, but with practice, I built my confidence, and I encourage all of your listeners to do the same. Take yeah. a risk. Give it a try.
0: Yeah, it's funny when you talk about the fear of public speaking. Uh, I had a guest on this show some time ago, and he pointed out that the fear of public speaking is actually greater than a fear of death, which means that you'd rather be (laughs) in the coffin than the one giving the eulogy. So yeah, you've got to overcome that. Uh, And we have about five minutes to go here in the program. I'm going to try and sneak in as much as I can. But for the folks who are going on those interviews today or tomorrow or whenever they're listening, what are those questions that they should be asking to stand out and differentiate themselves?
1: So you get into the interview process, that interviewer will almost always ask what questions you have for them. Make sure you have questions prepared. I will tell you, as an interviewer, when somebody doesn't have a question, it's disappointing. Yeah. I, I interpret that, and many times unfairly, that they're not really interested. A couple of the questions that I really like are... What does a typical day look like in this role? And then through listening to that, not only can you hear what the expectations of the interviewer are of you or of the candidate, but you can then craft your closing statement to include the skills that you have that would help you be really successful in that typical day. Another question that I'd like is what does success look like in this role? Or what results do you expect me to achieve? And in this question, you're doing two things. One, you're again hearing from the interviewer what they're trying to achieve by hiring in this role. But you're also demonstrating yourself as somebody who's interested in results and success simply by asking that question. It sets the stage that results and success are important to you, which resonates quite well with the interviewer because the reason they're looking for somebody is to be more successful.
0: Good. And in two minutes or less, what do they do after the interview? What's your best advice for the follow-up? Is it just a simple, hey, thanks for your time email, or is there more?
1: Well, I used to say, send a handwritten thank you note, but so many people are not located in their office. So if you send a handwritten thank you, you can still do it, but they may not see it for weeks. I encourage you to follow up via whatever communication mechanism you've been using with them. So whether it's LinkedIn messaging, whether it's a text message, an email, follow up right away. Tell them that you're interested in the role and ask what follow-up or other information they may need. Don't, if you really want the job, don't hesitate to let them know that you're interested because somebody else is out there telling them you're interested. Let them know. It is really valuable. Now, make sure you proofread it. Send a very well-written email. There is nothing worse than a poorly written thank you email. It could destroy everything you did via the interview. So follow up, keep in touch, and keep in touch with that person even if you don't get the job. You never know when a future opportunity will find its way to you through that network.
0: Yep, bring them back into your network. And I've got so much more to discuss with you, but unfortunately we're out of time. So I wanna thank you for joining us today on Behind the Numbers, it's been a real pleasure.
1: Thank you for having
0: me. Hopefully we'll have you back again and continue this conversation. Uh, We've been talking today with Ann Baum, who is the author of Small Mistakes, Big Consequences. My name is Dave Bookbinder, and I'm the one that my clients turn to when they want to know what their most important assets are worth. If you'd like to have a conversation with me, please feel free to reach out. You can find me on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Twitter. And wherever you're watching or listening, please be sure to hit the subscribe button so you can stay in contact with us. And thank you out there for watching and listening and supporting the show. We'll see you next time on Behind the Numbers. Take care, everybody.